classic 80s metal. Symphonic death metal opera. But I've got to be in the mood to listen to Black Sabbath. Many of our listeners weren't even born then. Back for Chicago is very progressive. I can see there are thrash elements. You are a metal paradox. A stunning vision of death metal. I would listen to it over and over and over again today. It just seems so dated. I hear this more as operatic and goth. Florianson will surpass Halpert as the iconic heavy metal singer. You're listening to The Great Metal Debate Podcast. Welcome, darkened souls, to The Great Metal Debate Podcast. This is episode 40, August 2016. You can reach us on Twitter at Metal Debate or give us an email to thegreatmetaldebate at gmail.com. I'm your unholy host, Gong Thog, and I'm joined once again by my counterfeit 80s competitor, Brian. Brian, what's up, man? Not much, man. Let me take this opportunity. It's good to be back, and welcome, children of the light. I'm here to make your day better. <laughs> Brian, it's been a bit since we've talked, man. It's been a busy summer for us both, and uh, yeah. good to reconnect and talk and debate some metal. It is good to talk, but you have gone off the deep freaking end, and somebody has to rein you in, so it's a good thing I'm back. I am sorry you missed our last episode where I explained how mandolin is heavy metal. You know what? That's just such a ridiculous argument. I don't even think Mel Marker would agree with you on that one. Again, it's been a while since we've spoken, so I know that you have had some interesting concert experiences in the downtime. I got to go see two bastions of classic 80s metal at the same show uh, in Hazard, Kentucky, on the 17th of June. Uh, I drove five and a half hours to see Lynch Mob of George Lynch fame from Dokken, and then I got to see Striper after that, and... Man, let me tell you, it was freaking worth the five-and-a-half-hour drive. So I guess the kids were really excited about that show, really relevant for those new to the metal scene. <laughs> Dude, it was new to them. I took my youngest son, Kevin, and a kid from church that's a huge Striper fan named Colin, and, man, we just freaking headbanged the whole time, man. But I want to tell you this. We, we drove five-and-a-half hours, and i got to apologize because I was scheduled up until the day of the show to interview Michael Sweet of Striper. And I was late getting off. And so we didn't even stop. I pissed in a cup twice to make interview time and not stop the car. Drove 85 miles an hour all the way. And I get there, and the road manager for Striper calls me in the uh, the venue. And he says, dude, uh, Michael's got, uh, been to the doctor. He can't talk. We don't even think he's going to be able to sing tonight. I was like, Shit, I was so pissed, man. One might even say that was not merely a coincidence, but maybe God's own providence. <laughs> so, was that God keeping me from Michael Sweet or Michael Sweet from me? Could go either way. Well, man, I, I was nice. I was gracious, man. I said, that's cool. He goes, we just hope we can go on with the show. Well, we watched a couple of local bands. Then Lynch Mob takes the stage, and dude... George Lynch is a freaking guitar god. He played so much good stuff, man. It was basically 
half the show was Lynch Mob, and half the show was uh, Dawkins. So tell me about the metal part of the show. It was where George Lynch was playing guitar. <laughs> I don't know if you missed that part or not. But anyway, it was awesome, man. I will, I'll tell you this. It was pretty <laughs> And this is going to score points for you. It sucks, but it's too damn funny not to tell. The concert is over. The Lynch Mob concert is over. And we're sitting there, and Kevin, my youngest, is sitting next to me. And he knows Dawkins, man. Into the Five is one of his favorites. And uh, he looks at me and he goes, man, George Lynch sure can sing. And he was pretty shocked that George Lynch was the guitar player. And he was like, man, he really is good. So a little bit of an education there. Sounds awful by my standards of actual metal. I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. Well, I had something happen at the Striper concert that I have never seen in my years of concert going. You got saved? <laughs> <laughs> no, but they did try to hit us with Bibles. It was pretty cool. Who who tried to hit you with bottles? Oh, the Sweet Brothers were throwing bottles like crazy, man. It was awesome. Bottles or Bibles? Bibles. I tried to get one, but I was going to have to beat the shit out of a little kid to get it, and I thought that might have been counterintuitive to get the Bible from the, steal the Bible from the little kid, so I didn't do it. But anyway, here's what happens. Michael Sweet comes out before the show, and sure enough, he can't talk. He's, he's like, I, I can't talk. You can hear, I can't even talk. So we're going to come out, and Oz is going to sing some of them. And I'm thinking, okay, they're going to play a different set than they've got listed. They come out, and they play Yahweh, uh, one of the initial singles off their last album. There's no singing. It's an instrumental. <laughs> That's crazy, man. And the funny part was, Oz Fox and the bass player would sing the backup part of the song, but there was no lead vocals through the whole thing. <laughs> Never seen that before, man. Maybe representative of what 80s metal fans have to look for, that at least one of their band members will be infirm uh, and yeah. at a doctor's appointment during their show. That's exactly right. I'll tell you this, though, man. They, he played the whole show, and it was kick-ass. It turned out so good. I loved it, man. I freaking loved every minute of it. Striper must have whetted your appetite for religious music. I do like a good religious song. I have a band that also throws liberal amounts of religious imagery into their music. Then by all means, let's hear it. From their new album, Cult of the Black and Veil, this is Lustravi with Oh Sanctifier. The bomb and
when you said, uh, oh, sanctifier, I thought maybe he's been converted. And I think I was right. I think you've been converted, just not the direction I thought we were going to go there. <laughs> I have been converted to Lestravi. My interview with Morgan Weller, the vocalist and bassist for Lestravi, is already up on our SoundCloud page. Really encourage folks to check that out. She is quite the musician and very passionate about her music and the cause. You know what, man? It's an excellent interview, and uh, it gave me nightmares, and still I want to listen to it again. You know, and I like the song, man. I mean, they have definite musical talent, and uh, we can discuss the cause with her another day, definitely. Well, Brian, are we ready to take our first call for the evening? What the hell? are What? what? Do we not have a caller? Have I been gone that long? I'm actually the caller. All right, well, if we don't have any callers, I guess you and I can just continue to talk metal. Dude, you know I run a rehab. You can come down anytime you want, man. Speaking of rehab, earlier this year, you interviewed our man Reed Mullen from Corrosion of Conformity. It's not a secret that Reed had a seizure and and has had some issues related to his consumption of alcohol. I, I don't even hate to say this, but he is not the first dude that I've hung around with that's had a seizure from alcohol. I don't think it was you, but I do think Reed's situation and, and some other things, you know, that I've experience with bands does open up the question about fans and bands in metal and alcohol use. And I know it's a topic that maybe your thought has evolved on over the years. You know what, man? I, I was the first one to have a drink or two or 10 before the show. And I love, you know me, man, that was my saying. I love to party. Uh, it, it did me, it did let me down the road that reads on a little bit now. And I will say this now, I see it for what it is, and it just dulled my senses. I'd be passed out before the show was done. I I had to leave or go lay down or throw up or something. So, honest to God, I don't know how. I don't have a problem with people drinking that aren't alcoholics, but I don't know how I feel about, you know, guys in bands that are tented like that, and and he ends up in rehab. That's not what I want for that day. I wanted to play music. I mean, crap, his music is awesome. That show was awesome. And Brian, since we began our podcast, I've become a lot closer with band members, and I've gotten a chance to see behind the scenes that bands don't get paid a lot of money, but bands have access to alcohol, and the one thing a venue can have for the band is alcohol. I've seen that over and over, and indeed, I've even seen one person that I know who's in a band who doesn't consume alcohol turning down over and over no i don't drink that no don't offer that to me again and so i can see it would be very easy if you're in a band and not necessarily someone who imbibes a lot to go down that road i it's very easy and dude it's just fun i mean i remember a particular time in Owensboro when you and myself and another good friend of ours uh, ended up at the Brass Lake Saloon and got the band drunk as all get out, so bad that they couldn't hardly play. And we ended up headbanging and having a hell of a time while they played, especially for us. And I'm not sure anybody else in the venue enjoyed it, but we had a good time. And so I remember those good times, but uh, I don't know, man. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't feel like I can give a, an unbiased opinion here or a productive opinion, but I will say this, man. The first thing that Reed said to me when I got on the bus was, hey, man, you want a beer or something to drink? And I feel for him, and I feel for the folks that are tempted like that. I can't do it anymore because it just leads, leads to a lot of things, but not, not many of them good. 
I agree, man. I mean, I'm not somebody who normally drinks when I go to a concert. I'll have a drink other times, but that's not normally my thing during a concert because I want to concentrate on the music. But as I've gotten to know some bands, I've had them point to the bartender and say, hey, take care of my friend here. And I can see how it would be very easy night after night, show after show. What starts out as something that's just fun become a crutch. I'm gonna I'm gonna let '80s metal take the credit for what we're we're talking about right now. Drinking was associated with the music, man. Back then, I mean, that's what you did. the The term "sex, drugs, and rock and roll" was not a clever uh, quip. It was a lifestyle for many of the bands, and that part of '80s metal has for sure carried over. However, I will say this: a lot more of the cerebral, more technical bands don't engage and get drunk all the time. Uh, you know, they're about the music. They focus on just that. They don't associate the party with the music. Good thing or bad thing? I think it's a good thing. I like the music that those guys put out. You know, you said that my view has evolved. Didn't, like, uh, in episode 9 or 10, I go to throw up because I drank too much and fell asleep or something? I don't remember that very well. But And the evening's young, Brian, so I think you can evolve <laughs> back to that point again. You want me to devolve? Man, all this satanic occult music is taking over your soul, dude. You're wishing the worst for people. <laughs> you want me to be the 80s metal uh, Brian, man. You like that guy because you can dog him and talk shit about him. And, yeah, I created a little bit of my own shit, but no big deal. You know, I grew up a little bit, a tiny bit. You have grown a little bit, man. And even your taste in music has somewhat expanded where you can go beyond the power metal to accept a little bit of the melodic death so here's an amazing metal track that i think you'll enjoy this is ontario meddlers valeria get ready for the steel inquisition
Impressive melodic death and power metal, Valeria hails from St. Albert, Canada. Like them on Facebook at Valeria Steel Canada or on Twitter at Valeria Y-E-G. I loved this song, man. It reminded me of somebody. For the longest time, I kept thinking, this this has a similar sound. There's a little bit of 80s metal in it. There's a lot of technical stuff in it. There's some there's some death metal, some melodic in it, and, and it hit me. They're, they're similar to Holy Grail, who I saw not long ago and actually talked with the guitar players. Uh, they're a little more, I don't know, not not quite as uh, sort of, I don't know what you want to call it, power metalish. but man, I really like this track. I would liken them to a metal band from Canada, Crimson Shadows. Okay, so I want to talk about something you, that you brought up not too long ago in an email that you sent me, dude. Um, 
and, and it's, it's I, honest to God, it may be a thing, but it's the first time I've ever heard of it. You said uh, in some way, shape, or form, you, I'm sure you'll word it correctly, but you mentioned something about do you think that we should, uh, fans should tip local bands or independent bands? I mean, is that, did I say that right? Absolutely, man. I, I think it's an interesting question, one that a lot of fans haven't really come to grips with, the fact that these bands are essentially losing money every time they come out. They're not that different than your server at the restaurant, who if all they get is their way that the venue pays them, they're going home in the red. What bands hope to do generally is set up their merch table and sell, sell, sell to make up that difference. Brian, I saw Unleash the Archers late last year. I was so impressed with them. Brittany Slays, her voice is amazing. One of the greatest metal singers I've ever heard. Rub it in, Dick. Mo- you know I didn't get to go see that. Damn it. That's all on you, dude. Yeah. All right, go ahead. The moment that show was over, she immediately left the stage, ran to the merch booth to begin selling T-shirts, CDs, posters. I hung back and talked to some folks. And by the time I got to her, I kind of felt bad because she obviously seemed worn out. Yeah. Our podcast is certainly a proponent of supporting bands by buying the music and buying merchandise. But I just wonder if beyond that, there's a place for just tipping a band. And I'll tell you for my part, if I buy a piece of merchandise and a shirt is $15, I'm going to hand the band a 20 and say, no, we're good. You don't need to give me any change because I want to make sure that they're not only getting that, but a little extra gas money, some money to spend the night, maybe not in their van, maybe be able to crash at Motel 6. Right. I'm not talking about for arena acts. I'm not talking about for the folks who have three tour buses and a truck that's carrying their stage show. I'm talking about the grassroots bands supporting them in that way. I think it's something that fans should at least consider. It, you know, I, I, I think that's a sound argument. I think many of the fans that go and see those bands uh, would have trouble doing that, although they don't have trouble getting a T-shirt. Um, I think the idea of, you know, keep the change, that sort of thing, is, is not a bad idea. And, and these bands definitely sacrifice. I mean, one of my favorite local bands, uh, a Canadian metal band, Carchaos, one of their members had to quit to go work a job to support a family. So, you know, do you give up your family to go play on the road? I mean, that's a true love of music, but maybe they shouldn't have to do that, you know? And I think if every fan adopted your idea, it would be very beneficial. You know, and I've never really thought of it until you brought it up. And I I do think of it kind of like a movie theater. Movies don't make money off the tickets. They make money off the concessions. And, uh, uh, you know, the merch table is a great place to make money, but if you don't have a cool shirt, you're not going to get shit. And so... Why not? You know, I mean, I'm, I may try to do that in the future. I don't think there's anything, uh, well, there, there's nothing wrong with trying to help somebody else out. I, I love that fact. Right. I just think if I go to a restaurant, I'm going to tip the server. If I go get my hair cut, I'm going to tip the lady who cuts my hair. Uh-huh. I get so much more pleasure seeing a metal band perform in a club or bar. If I'm going to tip anybody, I want to tip the band that has provided me the most joy. 
Does that mean that if they suck, that I don't have to tip them and I can get my money back? I don't know that you should get your money back, but I think it's fair that if they suck, you wouldn't tip them. But honestly, I'm not joking. If you go see a band and they blow you away, they give you joy, they provide that music, why wouldn't you tip them? You Again, you tip your server at Applebee's who refills your drink. Tip that band. Yes, I do that. As far as you know, I tip the server at Applebee's. Okay, now you're sounding like an asshole. Don't say that, dude. <laughs> Does your Applebee's drink taste like piss? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little salty. This tea is a little too salty for me. No, that's cool, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't, it's, not a, it's not that crazy of an idea, surprisingly enough. I, I may try to do it, you know, and I don't have a lot of money, but, you know, if I get some merchandise, I may throw an extra, you know, five in there. That's not bad. And I don't think it's about having a lot of money. And these bands, the difference in a band making money or having to essentially pay out to play yeah, can just be a few dollars toward their gas. Yeah, I mean, definitely. You got to support the local music. That's one of the things that I've learned in, in, in uh, through the podcast is, you know, how desperate these people are to, to, to get out the gift they've been given of music and just to play. They love to play. They'll do it anywhere, anytime. Uh, we should support that, definitely. And I try to buy merchandise from every band that I go and listen to now. I got to tell you, it's good to be back. 80s metal, alcohol, and tipping bands are all good things. Uh, I vote yes on all of them. Uh, I have to say that you're a little more screwed up than when we last podcasted, but that's why I'm here. I'm here to save you, my friend. That's all for this show. A reminder, you can access all our content at The Great Metal Debate on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. And add your voice to the metal debate by coming to our Facebook page. Until our next podcast, sell your soul for metal and defend it till your dying day. That man on up your ass, too.